our cars will break down. And when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Good evening, Detroit Lakes. This is the Vikings Territory Breakdown. I am your host, Joe Johnson. Owner, deep inhale there, uh, because I own about 50 websites at this point. Uh, Oofta Sports is the main brand. That site and app is being built as we speak. The uh, main sites are uh, the Vikings websites, vikingsterritory.com, purplepcsd.com, purpleterritoryradio.com. We also recently launched a general NFL site called franchisetag.com, a NCAA slash NFL draft prospect sort of database called the Draft Team. Uh, We're going to launch a badminton website next month that everyone's looking forward to. That's not true, but we might as well at this point. Um, I'm here again. I should try what? You should try uh, getting getting uh, another website uh, with those NWO guys. You know, get, get a website going for them. Oh, I mean the super fans. Yeah, super yeah, fan. Once uh, half of them get out of prison for apparently. Whoa, Doug. Yikes. We like to go low and then end high <laughs> on the VT on the VT breakdown. Uh, how you doing, Mister Oberly? It's nice to hear from you. We haven't talked uh, for a little bit. I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm trying to keep grass alive in this sweltering heat and uh, not cause a personal water crisis throughout the state of Minnesota, and it's not easy. It's pretty intense out there. How's your maple syrup doing? It's good. It's tasty. It's done. I'm just, you know, we're, we're, we're already plotting next year. So, um, you know, right now, and you always plot it over a, pan, uh, a plate of pancakes and some great natural uh, syrup. And that sounds awesome. I started I started this thing called Nutrisystem this week, which oh. uh, I had heard my brother-in-law lost like just a ton of weight doing it. And my problem, uh, one of my main problems from a weight perspective, is that uh, I only eat like once a day, uh, usually mm-hmm. around like 10 p.m. And... Uh, so I bet sure. they don't. I bet they don't have maple syrup on the menu. They have pancakes. Wow. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I mean, if we really got down to the science of it, I would not call them pancakes. <laughs> um, the hubcaps, maybe. Um, ultimate frisbees. Uh, there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> and I was this close to closing <laughs> it. 
<laughs> I should. They do that on the radio all the time. But then I would have to actually lose weight, and it'd be really embarrassing if I weighed in and like somehow. Uh, <laughs> this says you, you died two weeks ago. Uh, well, you'd be more financially motivated because they would be sponsoring you. Yeah, so you would have consequences for not taking it seriously. You know. Yeah, that's true. But that's never been my strongest suit, I guess. Like, you know, one of the main drivers of starting all these sites in the first place was uh, getting away from people telling me what to do, I guess. So, I uh, yeah, you should introduce our guest. Uh, sorry to tell you what to do, Joe. Well, now, <laughs> now there people are just gonna have to guess. Uh, I don't want to be. Look, I, don't I shouldn't look have like started talking, but I just I have to chime in on Nutrisystem. I'm sorry. <sighs> You want some Nutrisystem? Um, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you want some maple syrup? <laughs> yeah. Fresh I'd maple syrup. I'd rather get fatter than thinner if Nutrisystem is my only option. I, I will, just to put a little pin in the Nutrisystem thing, I, I, I didn't pick it up from my locker, delivery locker, for like three days, so I think most of it went bad. Ugh! So if I just disappear randomly halfway through the show... Um, our new sponsor is a tapeworm, but uh, we actually have a guest uh, on the, on the show today. Nice that, segue. Uh, I'm a pro. I mean, that's all you can really say. Um, that I'm very excited to introduce to everybody up in uh, northern Minnesota and uh, eastern North Dakota, southern Canada, all over the world. Um. If you're a Vikings Twitter person, you're most likely familiar with with uh, Sally. I think you get introduced a lot on uh, the Believe in Vikings podcast that you co-host with our very own Dustin Baker and former Vikings legend Bryant McKinney as Sally from Minneapolis. Uh, I'm not going to try to uh, pronounce your last name per our discussion before the show. <laughs> but, uh, Thank you. <laughs> I had a lot uh, of childhood trauma related to that. So that you know, that's um, I I I have an aversion to people calling me JJ because my some of my uh, hockey Oops. coaches back in the day used to do it, and the worst one was actually J squared, as if they are the, the, they were splitting the atom or something. Um, but I I am actually very uh, psyched that you're here. Uh, you and I met um, when I came in to do Bob Sansevier's show, kind of pre-COVID, um, and then COVID happened, and I still do Sansevier's show, and I think you do too, but it's just all remote, and so we don't really interact that much uh, through that show, but a couple of weeks ago, you and I talked on the phone, and it was really just, it, it was really a, a great sort of thing where you were nervous to pitch me different ideas as to what you thought would be good content for our network and like every single thing that you said were things that I've thought about for two years and thought we need to do but I just can't do it myself because I never leave my house so I can, <laughs> you know what I mean I can like give shut-ins guides to avoiding the sun like I don't know what else to do but uh, I just wanted to say I'm super psyched that you're on the show, that you will be uh, writing for us, doing a, a shows for us uh, in, in the near future, and uh, I just I wanted to kind of hear from you 
the, the the type of stuff that that you were kind of envisioning doing and and uh, so on and so forth. Yeah. So um, so okay, I'm getting like nervous talking about this, but so I blogged um, years ago, back like 2012 to 2013. And I really enjoyed it, but um, Vikings Twitter was a completely different animal back then. Um, our entire community was different. We didn't have, you know, a ton of independent news sources like Vikings Territory, Purple PTSD. And I apologize if you guys existed back then, but I mean, um, I feel like the major sources for local Vikings takes was you went to one of the two radio stations that sports stations that we yeah. had locally. And so um, I kind of got out of it in 2014 when I moved to Minnesota, because then I was going to every Vikings game um, in person at TCF Bank, and it just got to be overwhelming. You know, by the time I would get home, no, I don't want to rewatch the game and talk about my opinions on it, yeah. um, because obviously you see a different view in person and you're distracted and stuff like that. And I just kind of got disenchanted with it, and so I stopped. And then when I felt like I wanted to get back in it, the game had kind of really changed, and it was much more saturated um, with people sharing their opinions and, um, and not even so much the opinions that intimidated me, but there were so many people who could speak about football, um, at a higher level, um, breaking down schemes, you know, X's and O's that were never really my thing. And so I think I got intimidated that my voice no longer would be interesting to people because, I'm not going to be writing about Leslie Frazier's Tampa two defense and how effective it is, you know? So, um, I kind of just got turned off from it then. And the last like year and a half or whatever, since COVID has happened, I've had a lot of time to self reflect. And I realized, you know, this is going to sound conceited, but there is a reason that I am the most followed female in our community on Twitter. And that other than, you know, the professionals, Lindsay, Courtney, um, and hopefully I'm not forgetting anyone, but it, people don't follow me because they want the X's and O's, right? Like people yeah. follow me because they love the lifestyle that I live, that I go to every Vikings game, that I travel on the road to games and I'm recording our tailgating stuff and I'm recording what we're doing during the game, after the game. And people who aren't able to live, who, I mean, people live vicariously through that. And I know that because they tell me all the time. And um, even if you live locally, you know, people are in different situations, whether it's financially, family, job, Um, And so I know a lot of people enjoy seeing that content. Um, So I think my approach on our future projects is I I obviously want to talk about the team, the games, um, what's going on. But I also want to include a little bit of a lifestyle approach to it and um, what it's like as a Vikings fan. You know, we're very damaged. We're very uh, we have a lot of trauma. And I think we approach the world a little bit differently than, say, a cocky, conceited Packers fan. And I just think that's an I think it's an um, an interesting angle when you also think about our psychology. So, oh, yeah, it, it, we, totally. It's like a romanticized sort of, uh, you know, the, the the heartbreak of it, you know, like it's almost like an addiction at this point. I, I think um yeah and what do you what do you mean by because I as you've learned am very uh just not Twitter's not my thing it never has been uh I was a really big reddit uh reddit head for a long time um 
and then I kind of got away from all of that once we launched the brands because of my style of debating topics, I think, for what, for whatever reason, always leads to the next morning, like, a note being attached to my front door with a knife. Like, people just hate the way that I debate for some reason, so I just didn't want my, like, I didn't want to ruin the brand and all the hard work other people were doing because everyone interpreted me as some know-it-all whatever you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i kind of got away from it and i know what the reputation of like twitter is now but it, it, in saying that the community was different back then do you mean it was uh more positive or more supportive than it is now or like m- more or less hive mindy um, well, I got started in it in 2009, and that was really, I mean, there was not really anybody on there in 2009, so I don't remember that being a huge community that we rallied around each other for the NFC Championship game or anything like that, but in the years after that, I think especially around the time Ponder was drafted is really when it started to become actually like a community of people um, that we all talked and the vibe then was just a lot more friendly. Um, it may, I mean, also the team was in a much different spot back then too. But I think now, you know, then it evolved. There was all these blogs. There was all of these people with their opinions. And that was super cool in the beginning to see people that you really enjoyed or respected. Like um, Ted Glover is one that comes to mind, you know, starting their own yeah. podcast and own content. And, you know, it's like, it's so cool. I mean, even like Jordan Reed, it's so cool to see him where he's at now. But, you know, it started out where it's just, oh, this is my buddy. Let me check out their show. And now it's became, you know, so monetized and such almost like there's the clickbait and the clickbait starts arguments because people don't read the article and they just assume that one sentence is the person's full opinion. And um, and and I think it also has a lot to do with our world now, how polarizing everything is. but. You can't ha- be a Vikings fan and think that Kirk Cousins is middle of the road. Like, he's not the worst and he's not the best. You can't feel that way. You either have to think he is, a, you know, top three or you have to think he is completely worthless and shouldn't be in the league. Um, and the so- reason that I left Reddit forever and why they hated me so much was because after 2015, that off season. Everybody was saying that Teddy Bridgewater was a uh, not only a uh, great quarterback, he was a top three elite quarterback. And I said, we need to – I know where this comes from. I know that we've never really drafted and developed a quarterback for anyone that's my age or younger. Uh, but we need to pump the brakes here. Like, the dude has potential, but he's nowhere near. I could name ten guys right now. I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying you can't say he's a toppy guy after one year. And people mm-hmm. could not ac- accept that. Like, it infuriated them. Um, yeah, and so on Twitter, I mean, the first time that I remember things, like, getting controversial was Ponder probably, you know, his um, – not that first year because he only played a few games after Donovan. But at towards the uh, end of that – um, well, no, then we had 2012. And then so when he when the writing was kind of on the wall that this wasn't really going to be your guy, it was a stretch to get him where he did. It's not going to pan out. There were so many people 
or that we're just not willing, you know, to, to go that way. And so I do, I mean, I used to be way more outspoken back then. And I'd be like, if you think Christian Ponder is a good quarterback, just block me, you know? So you'd lose like 50 followers, but back then that was a lot because there was only like a thousand of us, you know? So, (laughs) um, yeah. So that was like the first time that I remember people just not really getting along, but I mean, now, it's a whole other beast and there's so many younger people involved in it that have a different style of communicating than we do. Yeah. And, um, all the, you know, retweet for this, like for this, I oh, just, yeah. that. Yep. but <laughs> I got really disenchanted after the 2017, um, NFC championship game. First of all, cause that took a huge emotional toll on me to finally go all in and really believe that this was like destiny. But then you know, we don't need to get into the Kirk thing, but 2018, I just didn't see, I didn't see enough changing. I didn't see them getting back to where they were. And then I knew, you know, what the cut, I just didn't see cousins as a fit for the um, roster that we had at that time. I didn't see how he was going to be successful with no offensive line. And so I didn't understand the signing. And um, so since then, I don't know, I just kind of, I haven't been able to get my emotional connection back to it. And so sharing my opinions hasn't been something I've been confident in because I've been too sensitive for, to receive the backlash in my mentions. And I just can't, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, but now I don't care. Like I have confidence again and I'm ready for whatever people want to bring my way. So I'm always, I'm always end up being right in the end. So <laughs> you also, have, nobody Tampa two defense. Just curious. Uh, I'm kidding. Joe, Joe, I'm not <laughs> kidding you. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I'm so upset that you got to that joke first. Um but yeah, I feel like a lot of my takes from the last few years have become the sort of objective zeitgeist uh sort of everyone disagrees now that that's that's what it is but at the time you know people who uh, i worked with who i respected who i did podcasts with who i begged to leave reddit and write professionally uh would tell me how crazy i was and uh like send me pictures of an island and be like you're all alone you're all alone on this island uh, <laughs> they have a plan the offensive line's great and i'd be like oh, yeah all right we'll see how, we'll see how that goes I, I don't know i think sally uh made one point about the fact that there's so many different voices out there now that that allows everybody to be fair game you can you can have whatever take you want you know and, yeah. and people are going to rail against it or they're going to ignore it or they're going to say yeah i agree with you so i mean it all comes with the territory and if you enjoy putting it out there put it out there if you don't like what you might hear ignore the responses and do what you do what you want to do it's it's uh i mean because none of it is none of it is uh life concerning life or death you know i mean it's football it's it's fun you know make, make your statement make your uh make your bold statement as joe is want to do and and uh and damn the consequences. That's all I you say. Know, and I always say to people, like, at the end of the day, we're all here because of the same thing. We love this team, and we want them to win, and we just don't agree on how to get there. Yeah. But we, That's sports in know, a nutshell. Pretty you know, much. You know, you know it's just uh, – it's rough being a yeah. Vikings fan. I don't know because I... you're not – I mean, Sally, Sally's not even from here. She, like, chose this willingly, which I find <laughs> – 
like very I, i'm not 100 percent sure you're not like a russian sleeper agent but you, you well, chose look, a fun I, a fun uh, fun team i have myself when i get down um, about the twitter first of all a huge pro tip about it is you tweet something you let like three people respond and then you mute it so you never see what they're saying meanwhile they're all fighting in your comments and you're getting the engagement and more people seeing your stuff um, but anyway, I mean, um, as far as me choosing this life, um, I have always been a Vikings fan. I grew up a Vikings fan. My parents are from Minnesota. Um, oh, I didn't but know I, that. Yeah, my parents moved to Virginia before I was born. Um, okay. So, hence my daddy issues. I had nothing in common with my dad, so I had to watch football. So when he called me once a week, we had something to talk about. Um, and back then, you know, Silver Virginia, Linings playbook. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. And so then um, I found Vikings Twitter. I connected with this community of people. I started traveling to games here, and I just ended up meeting so many people that I finally felt like I belonged somewhere. Because yeah. going back to that psychology piece, growing up as a Vikings fan and not having anyone to share that interest with, I mean, obviously other people liked the NFL, but I had no one who followed the Vikings on the level that I did to talk to. And all I had was ESPN to watch, who we all know they never talk about the Vikings. So um, yeah. it was very isolating. And so when I finally got to connect with people and I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's people that like to do all of the same things as me. I have to be by these people. Plus, let's be real. I can't risk like getting pregnant by a guy who's not a Vikings fan. Like that's not going to work <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> not going to work out. So, um, yeah. So thankfully with that community, I found friends and I found people that I um, actually feel like I belong with. And I moved here um, in 2014 and that would have never happened without our community. So I, I do try to always remember my remind myself when things do get kind of rough in that arena that it truly has changed my life. Um, and so I try to be grateful for that and I don't suffer alone anymore. So that's the main thing. Misery loves company and there's just a lot of that going around. And, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be one of those people who, revels in other people's pain even though uh that happens in football uh, a lot but i mean uh, I, I, I know don't, you're going with i don't joke. I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'm alone in this group when i'm saying it's just like so satisfying to see what's going on in green bay every week when we do an episode it seems to get worse um you know, in the uh, the agenda I sent out, the, you know, the question sort of w it was multifaceted, but it was, you know, uh, uh, how do they fix it? And then I thought, can they fix it? I mean, if he's holding out, and for the reasons that at least we know that he's mad about, uh, those it's not like they can time travel and change those things. You know what I mean, Joe? So it's like... He, well, I mean, he clearly just doesn't want to be on the team anymore. He doesn't like the management. He doesn't like the coach, the coaching staff uh, uh, for things that have already happened. And there's really – I don't see – it's not like they can just solve some go out and be like, hey, even though the, they, they didn't do this, obviously. What, Julio Jones is here. You want to come out of your room now? You know, like yeah. uh, it just seems like, uh, you know – well, I, I don't know. Is he going to sit out the whole season? Does uh, does he not care about his kind of the stat book and, and legacy in regards to numbers that much? Like, he's in love, Joe. Come on. 
I I think you know I he he's uh, the the team has the upper position. They they can trade him and or or not. And um, if they don't trade him and he doesn't want to play, he sits. And uh, so he really doesn't have. He, he can do what he's doing as much as he wants, but it, his situation doesn't change until the, the team agrees to it. So I, for me, this thing is starting to look like uh, 2010 is far from coming or not. Is he coming or not? Is he, oh my God, is he coming? Is he coming or not? You know, I mean, we went on and on and on and on in that season thinking we had, we we're on the precipice of a, of a, a, a Super Bowl title, waiting on Favre to get, you know, off of his tractor in Hattiesburg and, and get on a plane and come back to the Vikings. And um, I, in the end, he did, you know, even though every day something else is reported, somebody had this or somebody had this. And, I, you know, that this dribs and drabs come out. I have uh, just kind of taken the attitude. I love the fact that it is disrupting them, and I hope it continues to do that. I do think he will play because he loves the game, and he does know there's a clock ticking. There is for all of us. And I don't think he wants to be here. I think when he comes here, he will he will probably play well because he plays well with a chip on his shoulder like he did last year. Yeah. And that might be uh, detrimental for, for the Vikings. But ultimately, I think it will get figured out um, because things – there's nothing that's really happened that says, you know, you haven't crossed the Rubicon yet and that you can't come back, you know. What he, do you think he's trying he, to accomplish then? I, I, he wants to be traded, uh, it seems to me, and uh, they don't want to trade him. You know, I, I guess I would, you know. I mean, the, the, the number of players they could get for him, you know, and now granted they wouldn't have a, a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback like they've had for, the, for several decades. But, but if, they, uh, if you draft Jordan Love – you should have wow. enough confidence in him to yes. say he's sat there now for how long? Let's trade this guy. Let's get well, his these guys as know many... though, Joe. You know they they know what they got in him, and apparently they're they're not ready to do that, or else well, then they shouldn't have drafted they... him in the first place. Well, uh, they sat, you know, Roger sat for three years before he played. Maybe the reason they don't want to do anything because the guy just was MVP of the league, and the fan base would would revolt. Uh, a tantamount to our insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. But uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it gets done. I think it gets figured out in the end. He comes back and plays. He plays really well and says, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm so good. You know, I can do whatever I want. And then maybe he's gone. You know, you and I have both agreed that, you know, next year he's probably gone or something. But, you know, I, I, uh, I'm I, not going to uh, uh, uh you know, uh, beat my breast over this thing anymore. I just say, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Because it's, it's just, you know, until it does, who cares? You know, uh, other than the fact that it, it, it uh, disrupts their camp. I was glad he didn't show up and I hope that kind of crap continues, but you know, I, I don't see anything changing once the season rolls around. And Sally, you can answer that question too, any way you like, obviously, but I also kind of want your thoughts on, if we were, if, and by we, I mean the Vikings, were to replace Cousins with Rodgers uh, with the same roster everywhere else, assuming, let's just say the, the money works out, uh, do you think that they would win the Super Bowl or at least be one of the top contenders? Uh, yikes. Okay, I guess I'll start with that second question. Um I think that they would improve greatly and just for the sole reason that Rogers can extend plays and he's much more mobile. Um, so the wide receiver, and again, we haven't seen this new offensive 
offensive line, so I'm not trying to crap on them before they even get started. But just based on what we've seen, um, there would be much more time for these receivers to get deeper. Yeah. So I think it would make a huge a huge difference. As far as Super Bowl, um, I don't necessarily know. I mean, the offense would obviously – the offense would definitely be on the field much longer as well, which would give those defensive guys um, some time to those, – those young guys some time to regroup. Uh, yeah, Super- and, like, I think um, the Packers and the Vikings almost had the identical run-to-pass ratio percentage-wise because they're basically both uh, uh, – what's his face? Uh, uh, French-Canadian uh, Lafleur. He's oh, a, yeah. He's a uh, acolyte of Kubiak, so they were both – ran the ball 55% of the time, threw it 45% of the time, and uh, Rodgers arguably had – you know, his best year, one of his best years ever. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I mean, can you imagine Rodgers with, with Thielen and, and Jefferson and Irv Smith? Ugh. Exactly. So, I mean, I do think they would be better. Now, would they get past an NFC championship game like the Packers can't seem to do? I don't think so. Um, but as far as his status, I think that there's absolutely no way that he comes back. Um, I have to disagree with Joe. I think – what we're seeing in Rodgers, Rodgers has a completely different personality and um, arrogance to him than any quarterbacks that I think we've seen do this in the past. Um, you know, I I was so surprised when he even extended with them in the first place because I think that there were obvious signs that he was disgruntled even back then. And I actually, I mean, he's not a guy that I like, obviously, but I I kind of got to agree with him um, that they haven't given him the tools to succeed. And I would feel, you know, I would feel disrespected. They don't appreciate him there, in my opinion. I agree. Um, one, I agree. Of, one of my favorite pastimes when the Packers lose an important game is I listen to Green Bay Radio and I hear those people <laughs> call in and I hear what they're saying. And, I mean, maybe it's just the gut emotional reaction, but a lot of them say that they're done with Rodgers and they, they don't appreciate what they've had they've been so spoiled going back to the psychology thing sure um but i don't think he is the kind i don't think he's gonna bite the bullet and come in i think he feels extremely disrespected i think he doesn't vibe with lafleur at all um and i mean to for them to move it's not just that they drafted jordan love it's that they moved up to draft jordan and they didn't tell him like the vikings told cousins it's not their job but the vikings they don't have to, sure. You don't have to not punch your grandma in the stomach, but it's a bad thing to do. He's, Did they tell Favre when they drafted Rodgers? They, they mean, told Cousins that they were drafting Kellen Mond. Well, well I think you also have to take the personalities into effect here, right? And maybe they didn't know they were drafting love until they did it. So I don't think you necessarily need to call him, but you do know the personality that you have in Rogers. And you do know that he's going to be extremely upset by something like that. I'm not trying to say you should plan your whole, the future of your franchise around a guy's reaction. But if you were just in the NFC championship game two years in a row and you know he's still got a lot left in the tank, I don't know if that is the move that I would necessarily make, given that he's not an easygoing Cousins-like guy. If, he you're, is... if your star player's reaction to any move is to cash a bottle of tequila for the first time in their entire life, something went wrong somewhere. 
Well, you know, it you you're you're talking about a draft, and you just made mention the fact that they moved up. Do you know what they're doing to move up in the in the few minutes they have to make that decision? They're calling all kinds of teams and trying to to get the best deal possible to do this and make this move. Yes. You think, quick, somebody yes. call Rogers and tell him we're no. Gonna, we're but do you, how did they tell how did they tell Cousins two days in advance? About Mond. Well, they probably just told him it was possible. They that said it might they, happen. That's exactly it. They said. And Rodgers is an idiot if he doesn't think that somewhere along the line they got to start drafting quarterbacks to replace me. Yes, he but was drafting as a quarterback to replace another legend. This is part of the deal. Sure. So I'm sure they've had that discussion. But, sure. you know, they had, and it was a third round pick with Mond. So you have time to say, hey, this is what we're trying to do. In fact, I don't. I suspect they didn't call Kirk Cousins before they tried to trade up and get uh, Fields either, you know, because they didn't have time. They just they made weren't... him, but they just made him aware that they're looking for a potential quarterback of the future, just out of courtesy. And the the reason I think that Rodgers is actually, is additionally aware. mad is because in lieu of saying, okay, this guy before Mahomes is widely considered to be the most uh, gifted quarterback in the history of the league, but he's always only had one receiver to throw to. He finally had a decent running back the last year and a half, and instead of using that pick to get another uh, player, another wide receiver, they just get a guy, another quarterback. It's it's something... Well, on the other hand, they've always had a nice offensive line around him, which is something the Vikings didn't. They, they, they you know put in other pieces on the field, a good defense or a good wide receiver running back. So, I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. It just seems to me that some of that, if, 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 if Rogers is hurt, well, shame on him. Fine. You're great. You're going to be in the hall of fame, but you're not a member of the personnel department of the green Bay Packers. This is inevitable in football. This is going to happen. You're going to be replaced. Father time will win. Okay, get used. <laughs> but if you were Jeez. to flip, let's let's flip everything and just say every Packers player is a Viking and vice versa. And <laughs> Rodgers has been, you know, a Vikings quarterback since the aughts, and the Super Bowls happened, and we're all sitting here saying, "Wow, you know, we have back to back two of the best, two of the two top five quarterbacks." And we've only, and only I use loosely, we've only won since 1992 with two of the top, maybe even three quarterbacks in the, in the history of the league, two Super Bowls. Why? Well, let's look at Rodgers uh, and say, how much time does he have left? And can we win another Super Bowl? Probably. What's the quickest way to do it? He needs an, another receiver to throw to of some quality. Yeah, Joe, that's what I think. It's not that you drafted a quarterback in preparation for the future. It's that you did it after two straight years of being in the NFC Championship game when you needed something to get you over that hump to get to the Super Bowl, and you used that first-round pick on a quarterback. Yeah. So do you think you guys are one game away, or do you think you guys are in rebuild mode? It doesn't match. How does it it work for uh, uh, to to pick somebody up for because you think you're one player away he says Herschel Walker 
to an, as an aside. I mean, it, it, it's not how it works. You have to be constantly building for the future. You can't just say, oh, my God, we're, we're going to pick this one one player as a but rookie. But that was the reality of it. And you're, just, you're just using the most drastic, terrible example as well, possible. Give me another example. I, mean, I don't know. Draft, draft what? I'm sorry. You got cut out. I didn't hear that. Joe? Yeah, I can't hear him either. Drafting uh, any wide receiver of note at that point, as opposed to what you're saying is uh, trade five years of draft picks. Oh, I, I, I just said that. But that was the mentality at the time. You're one player away. And I guess I just that's that's the, the, the point I'm making, the the counterpoint to. I don't, I don't think you can do that in the NFL with, you know, with that many people on your roster. You know, rookie's not going to make that much difference. To get you over the hump, I don't think uh, you know. I, they but Justin have... Jefferson made a huge difference. And, and what Sally said, how did, uh, how did the Vikings finish last year? So well, that's if, if Jefferson was on the Packers, they would the Packers. They yeah. would have won. They would have won the Super Bowl. And I think the, the her point too well, that's is that's not true. He's only one man. He's not going to you know. I mean, they're still throwing to other people. I, I don't agree with that. It would well. It would have increased their percentage mathematically in a way you can't even compute because you can't find uh, from a factor of zero because you drafted a backup quarterback instead of somebody who would actually help. And that's, that's yeah, the Yeah, day one help. No one's saying that one player is going to completely change the entire thing, but you're talking about a team that is still very close to competing for a Super Bowl, and he needs more support. He's been asking for wide receivers for five years. I don't doubt, I, I don't understand why that. I, I don't disagree with that. I know he has been. Like I said, the, he's not in the personnel department, and the people who make that decisions are, and they're looking at a bigger at a bigger uh, thing to, to to make their their decisions, and not just this. This is what Aaron Rodgers wants. He's been asking for this. Well, good for him. You know, I mean, we're paying him uh, plenty of money to to get us over that hump. We're playing him, you know, to to work with what we've given him. You know, they, it's not like they he didn't provide him with anything to to to, uh, to get to where you know. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is the only reason they were in the the uh, NFC Championship these past few years either. He's a huge part of it, but it's 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 a whole team. I, I, you know, I I, I just don't. I, I just think that the guy. It's not like we're talking about some like mediocre quarterback. I mean, we're talking about like you guys said, a Hall of Famer, and I do think that his opinion, his say, should be taken into consideration. And not that he needs to make, he's in the uh, personnel department, absolutely not. But I do think that if my opinion was constantly disregarded when I'm kind of the guy that, you know, runs the show, I mean, the reason, and I, I mean, I disagree. I think that is why they're in the NFC Championship. Don't, I don't you think, think there's any way they would be there otherwise? Sally, I mean, don't I would you think still... they took his, 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 the, don't you think they took it into consideration before making their decision? I don't I think. Well, very I... slightly. Well, they might not have agreed with them, but I'm sure they considered it. I mean, he's the quarterback. They talk all the time. It's, but that doesn't it, mean it's also, it's also incredibly strange that, to me, that in, instead of, again, we've already gone over it, but instead of get, getting uh, another wide receiver, you get uh, a quarterback, and then you have Aaron Rodgers, who just won the MVP, so he's at his peak at his age mm-hmm. in, in regards to the rate of return on a trade, but 
but they don't want to do it, which implies they value him more than Jordan Love, but then why take Love in the first place and not take the, help the guy you value more squeeze out a final Super Bowl? Well, maybe they see uh, Love as the heir apparent in the same way Rodgers was to Favre. And they say, hey, we got an opportunity for this transitional quarterback. Here he is. And they traded up for him. They obviously put a lot of value on his talent. So they said, you know, we can get by with Rodgers. He's so good to, to, to make our receivers work. We'll find somebody later in the draft to, to help him out. He, you know, that isn't that, that second or third receiver isn't as important to us as getting another, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some as a future Hall of Famer, which, of course, you can't. But I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. If I would have done what you guys are advocating. I would have gotten him a receiver and got another championship if that was possible. I would have, I, I would agree. I'm just trying to argue from the point, this is what they were thinking. So this, you know, it, it's, I don't think it's disrespecting Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, devaluing his, his thoughts. And I think they're taking what they see at it. And this is the decision they made based on everything. And um, I'm glad they did. I'm glad he's mad. I'm glad this oh, is all too. happening, but um, I, I think they must have certain reasons to make the decision they did or else, you know. Well, Joe, you remember when almost instantly when they got rid of McCarthy and Lafleur came in, like the first show we did, there was, it was rumblings of uh, trouble in Green Bay. The, apparently Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur hate each other and like you and I – before the show, didn't really want to talk about it because it was just like too, it was like they, they it's way too soon for them to not be getting along. Right. That, that makes right. no sense. So maybe it just wasn't a personality vibe or something. Well, that kind of goes to what Sally was saying that his personality, his his I I I'm not a fan of his personality either. Farves I liked uh, Rogers. It's just kind of a the fact that he is heard about all this is just tells you more than you need to know. But. Uh, yeah, he's a different animal, but that's why I think he kind of needs to be treated differently. And we all know, not that he deserves more respect or less, but you got to change your communication style with a guy like him. And right now it seems like it's kind of a standstill of one side wants to be right and the other side wants to be right. And I think some of it has to do with, I mean, this is a new coach and a new GM in the last couple of years, and they want to put their name on their guys. They want to draft who they think is the future of the team. Yeah. And now they'll tolerate Rodgers while, while they have to. But it's obvious that no one likes each other in the front office right now or 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 Aaron. You know, there's obviously a big feud there, and I don't know how you suck it up and go to work every day when you're Aaron and you're out. I, I, I would like, love to be in that quarterback's room. If and when he they, he comes back, he did it last year though, and look how he did. MVP of the league, went to the NFC title game again. This this is just the kind of stuff that gets him going, and they, he's got as big an ego as Lafleur and everybody else. They they want to, you know, it's all power thing. I mean, at this, if when you rise to these positions in this league, there's only so many, so few of them. You have a big ego, and you want to be right, and you want to be, uh, you want your decision to be the reason that you did this or you did that. Uh, you know, if, I think if you went and asked LeFleur right now and you, and you say that, uh, uh, what's his face, Rodgers, the reason they got to the NFC title game, he would say, no, it's because of the play calls that I put in. Yeah. You know, so. And going for the kick instead of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that 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 exemplifies it. It's very good. So that's exactly right. I mean, that's that's ego right there, and that would piss me off if I was Aaron Rodgers. And well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has the history that he can point to, whereas these guys, the GM and Lafleur, I mean, they don't have that. So I don't understand why they can't just compromise a little bit with Aaron. I, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I don't like the guy. I just. I'm just I glad wouldn't want to work in that hostile work environment. Just let him go. Get what you can for him. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're hoping somebody gets hurt in training camp or something, and that you know spikes his value. I, but he already is so valuable, right? Yeah, like yeah. how much better is it going to get? He's, his value is not going to get any higher than it is right now. I would trade him. I really would. But I, you know, it's going to take three or four player draft picks and maybe a player or two to do it. You know, and I, I don't know that. Anybody else wants to gut their team until they get into the season and see? Okay, we got to rebuild right now. Let's let's go, uh, or we need a quarterback to, to you know, because you, you're going to gut your team to a degree to to get at him. Yeah, so I, and and I I will there? say though, I mean I uh, removing like the amount of draft picks and all that stuff. Very few things. As a uh, it was my birthday two days ago, so I'm 37 now. All of a sudden. Uh, as a 37-year-old uh, childless human being, your father, I don't have any children was my point. Very few <laughs> things would make me happier than having a purple Aaron Rodgers jersey. That would uh, Oh my god. That would be that yes. would be the greatest thing just to cut it in half, sew the far one to the other side. Oh. And just I could live with the far one, but I I, I don't know how I'd feel about uh, uh a Rodgers thing, but like I said, you'd have to gut your team, you know, you'd bet, and you know, Vikings had better be a young, talented team if they want to trade away that many draft choices and players too. Well, luckily they're the second youngest team in the league apparently, and also they may end up dra- having to trade Daniil Hunter anyway. Uh, you know, we talked about him a lot, Joe, you um, thankfully returned to the writing game for us, and last week you wrote about uh, Zimmer hunting Daniil, and then this week you also talked about the offensive line. But I wanted yeah, to. Hear- but right now, Sally's thinking, "What the hell do you want this guy writing for? He's a." Crazy. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I, I warned. Like don't. you said, there's a boy, There's room for all of us. Remember you, you said that. I warned her also, <laughs> Joe. So good, um, good move. <laughs> you didn't warn me. There's nothing to be warned about. I, except for uh, the, ma- the maple syrup. Um, I, I. Uh, <laughs> We, we've talked about Daniil a lot, and uh, I thought I would uh, take it a little bit in a different direction, even though this has been out there for a while. Uh, but I'm seeing more articles um, nationally and locally essentially saying that Daniil Hunter uh, made his own bed, and now he has to lay in it because he, you know, the Vikings smartly uh, extended him very early on so they could essentially... Uh, you know, get a discount on him if he continued to develop at the rate they thought he would. And uh, Daniil took that money because you never know in the NFL what might happen. You could get hurt or maybe you uh, won't progress past the point of that money. And so, you know, it's one of those things where people are saying that he shouldn't uh, complain because, he, he, you know, he signed that contract. But then you add the, the other variable, which – Essentially is, you know, it's his neck in any play. He could get not just his career ended, but his ability to walk. 
Uh, it's just a very bad mix of variables, and I just wanted you, um, Sally. I'll, I'll start with you. Your take on the the logic people are using of it, you know, Daniil. Uh, made this bed, he should lay in it, stop complaining, you know, stop uh, not coming to stuff and, and just play. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, we kind of talked about this on Believe last week. Um, I th I think that this is kind of how the narrative is going to end up going. Um, the longer that this situation continues to go on, people are going to get frustrated and people are going to, I don't want to say turn on Daniil as a player, but his attitude um, towards the contract. And I think that in situations like this, you kind of need to think of him as a human being and not just a player. I mean, when he signed this, like you said, um, that you want to extend your career as long as possible. You do want some guaranteed money, but he's 26 years old, you know, and he was at the peak of his career before he got injured. And this is a guy who has played at a top level his entire life since he's a very young child. He's never missed an entire season from the sport that he loves and had all this time to reflect and think about, you know, like you said, a neck injury is very serious. And so I, I mean, I don't blame him for wanting to get more money. I don't think it's an ego thing that he wants to be the highest paid or anything like that. I just think that he knows he has to protect his future and heaven forbid something happens to him. You know, he, he needs that security. And I think that he deserves that security. If you signed a contract at your job five years ago or whatever the case was, and all of a sudden your production doubled, tripled, you signed a ton of new accounts. You were at the top of your game and you, wouldn't you ask for a raise? Wouldn't you ask for that contract to be, you know, uh, tweaked a little bit so that you were rewarded for your efforts? I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I don't have any problem with him asking asking for it. I, you know, what we've learned if we've learned of anything in this league or in sports that these contracts by either person or side that enters into it are made to be broken. You know, they sign them, and sooner or later, oh God, I blew it. I should have gotten more because I'm better than I thought I was. And they start doing whatever, using whatever leverage they have to get out of it. And that's where I ha have a little problem with it. Uh, because, at, you know, if, if, uh, if the example I, you just gave, which is a good one, uh, you know, if you, you have a good sales year and you want, you want your contract, well, then you got to be ready to leave. And you got to be ready to have some place else to go. Well, the difference in the league is, you can't just leave and uh, go play for somebody else if the Vikings, you know, don't want to do that. You, you know, they have these contracts. And, and so it, it's a tough situation. I don't blame him. I, I think it's, it's a little bit uh, chutzpah on his part, you know, coming off a neck injury in which he sat out an entire year to say, hmm, you know, because he got paid for, for not playing. And now he's going to come back and say, well, give me more. Because if he was underpaid, he got a, a year for free. Right. Yeah, so, but you know, you can also understand where that comes from. You know what I mean? Like Sally said, he's always been healthy, and then he has this yeah, incredibly but scary, scary yeah. thing. You know? I mean, that's what uh, Mike Hughes had. I mean, he had a neck thing, and now he's no longer a Viking. So I, I don't know. It, it's a it's a little concerning. It's it's uh it's a little brazen to come out there and say, you know, I I need more money. But I, I like kind of talked about in the piece. I think they're both being smart about it. They're not playing the the, the negotiations in the media like Rogers yep. is, and I think that uh, 
I'm hopeful the Vikings have been trying to make some moves to free up some space to, you know, throw him a bone of some sort to get him back on the team because you know darn well uh, Zimmer needs him more than anything to make that defense roll, you know. And um, so I, I you, you scare me with these people saying, oh, you know, you got it's his it's his own doing. That's true. Therefore, he has to to lump it because you know you start thinking in those terms and, and then they do you know because he's you know he's not hand to mouth he's got plenty of money he can sit out another year and this one he would wouldn't get paid but i don't know i i the vikings really need him back and i you know we don't even we don't even yet get to ant try to answer the question is he healthy yeah you know, we just we have to sit here and say come on figure this out so then we can get you on the field and see if you can play and at that point i think the vikings probably want to do that so that they can then make and negotiate the best position for the team, you know. Until you know how healthy this guy is and what he can do, uh, would you want to throw more money at him? I, I from a, a management standpoint, I wouldn't. Well, you know? I would trust that they're going to have independent evaluations on how healthy he is before anybody signs him. I mean, no one's going to sign him just taking his doctor's word for it. There's going to be a, a multiple professionals that I sure. think are going to have to be independent to clear that. And But, I mean, it's just he's got a short career, you know, and if he goes in second game, the neck thing reoccurs or, heaven forbid, something worse, I mean, he could potentially be done. So just from a human standpoint, I understand where he's coming from. And, I mean, yeah, but you're right. Well, it's totally you? unknown what type of productivity you're going to have. And so right. you, it, it might end be up being, in hindsight, a really bad extension. You just, But that's the situation with anybody. Right, but I mean, he, he could come back and not be the same player because he doesn't want to hurt his neck again. You know, I mean, I yeah, think that, I think they need to get uh, that uh, uh, Trump's doctor, that guy with the shoulder <laughs> shoulder length hair. Uh, if if he signs off on it, I I, I say just you know, give him everything. You know, give, he's obviously gonna be great. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny because, Joe, you mentioned that you see the team kind of getting a little a bit of money freed up here and there, and and people are yeah. thinking that's either for Daniil or that they're looking <laughs> for uh, yeah, exactly a, right. uh, a, an edge on the other side. But every day almost, if I feel like everyone keeps talking about bringing in um, Geno Atkins, who's a defensive. Or another cornerback. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but it's like we don't. Why would we bring in another defensive tackle when we we at least need one edge? We very we might end up needing two. Uh, I don't know if that's just bluster or sub subterfuge or something. I'm very happy with the defensive tackles that they have right now. Uh, I, I just I don't understand those moves. I I I don't understand why they traded. Uh, Hughes in the first place, which we obviously talked about already. But if they sign Atkins, uh, I, I look I'm gonna this. I'm gonna be upset, and I'm gonna kind of think uh, the writing might be on the wall a little bit for uh, for Mister uh, Hunter. Hunter, oh, oh well, I, Zimmer I, too. <laughs> no, I I always look at a Zimmer and his track record, and and look what he's brought in. You know, some some known quantity from an old team that he coached that he really liked that did well for him, and that's where Atkins was with him in Cincinnati. Just like Terrence Newman, you know, it just it, he brought in Patrick Peterson. Not that he's had history with him, but he knows him as to be a leader. Zimmer likes those 
those field generals. He likes those locker room guys. He likes those uh, uh, people that can, you know, that can be a leader for these young players on his defense or what have you. And I, I think that's what's going on here. That's why it's still alive. It's still a thing. Um, I, I, I would hate for them to, to do that in lieu of signing Hunter. Oh, my God. I mean, maybe Hunter's requests are so outrageous that they're nowhere near. But, yeah. my goodness, you've got to keep Hunter and, and worry about Atkins on a, on a you know, some I mean, other kind. Hunter, the, the impact of having him versus not having him, uh, it may be the, the largest single factor that will determine how the season goes. I mean, if you if we're looking at multiple variables, I would say how quickly and how well the offensive line meshes and performs. Um, yeah, Joe, if, Joe if, if Hunter doesn't come back, uh, Aaron Rodgers comes into camp the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> and then we could sign uh, Danica Patrick to play uh, defensive end or Oh my! Olivia, sure, Olivia Munn. for a long time. Yeah, I don't Say know. That again. Working on what? Broken up. He's oh. engaged to someone else. I know. That's what I meant. Like he'd be, oh, oh, he'd be afraid of her being there. I see. I think Olivia Mund is the one who's spoken out against him not being a good person or boyfriend. Yeah. So maybe uh, her. It's uh, framed on the wall in my house. Um, <laughs> he does have some issues. He's she, apparently not a good boyfriend. He's not a good team player right now. He's he's had issues with his family. That why guy. do you think I like him so much? Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was uh, very heartened to see your offensive line piece this week, Joe. And I know that I'm not by any means saying that you haven't also been sort of screaming at the, at the sky for the Vikings to fix the offensive line. And uh, I think you borrowed a phrase from uh, the raging Cajun, James Carville, if I'm not uh, I did. incorrect. That's the second time I've ever used my political science degree. It's, nice. I got it down to $10,000 each time. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, it's titled "It's the O Line Stupid." I would say that people should take a second and go to purpleptsd.com or vikingsterritory.com and and give it a read. But I thought uh, before we uh, hopped off the show, you could uh, kind of do a quick summary of it for the people that uh, won't do a single thing that I just said. Well, it, it just you know I, I basically you know took a three hundred uh, foot view of the of the situation. I mean everybody was giddy that the Vikings finally you know made some uh, reasonable effort to to bolster the offensive line for Cousins and and uh, you know talking about uh, I mean it, it, it's ultimately I think that will have a bigger factor on the season. Than the defense, you know, the defense was terrible last year, but they they went through free agency and made all kinds of uh, moves to to bolster it and continue to do so, as we've talked about. So I and I think Zimmer will get them whipped into shape. I don't have any any concern about that. Although I shouldn't say that we we talked about that on this last year, you know, and and Wabi had mentioned that he thought the Zimmer uh, any Zimmer defense would be good and and uh, you know to a certain extent I agree with him, but that didn't show up last year. So I, I better watch what I say. But anyway, my point is the the offensive line is the wild card because you know they they've got a uh, they've got what, a, a new left tackle, a new left uh, guard. 
uh, uh, center coming off a, a down year, a, a right a potentially new right guard, and just only one really returning start. Actually, say two returning stars with Brian O'Neill on the right tackle. So, and they have always said about offensive lines. You know, any of the coaches you show you've got on these shows will tell you that it, they've got to play together and, and get to know each other and get some continuity and some camaraderie yeah. and consistency. So at um, you, you hope that they, they make a decision and get the, who they're going to go with and get these guys playing because if, if they aren't playing this year, Cousins will be running for his life again and will be in the same spot as last year. Uh, he'll have to rise above it, and they will do all right because they have a good running game, But uh, um, and the defense will be better. But I, I think the real wild card is for their season is how this offensive line gels. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it would be an absolute – travesty and it would be maybe the most vikings thing ever for them to literally change the way that the nfl does contracts to bring in the biggest free agent in the history of the league and then the entire time he's here they don't bother giving him an offensive line until uh basically kellen mond comes in then you know there's i don't there's literally no way that cousins is going to be here next year outside of some gigantic uh, you know, contract change. He's 45 million guaranteed. It's not going to happen. I, I'm starting to believe, honestly, that Zimmer doesn't want what he thought he wanted. I, you know, I, I think that, you know, they looked at Keenum and they thought, you know, we need a guy who can make all the throws and, and Keenum can really only have two options each play and a, a deep throw and a dump off. And he always goes with the dump off and it works. Um, and then they go and they bring in a guy like Kellen Mond, who every single pre-draft uh, breakdown that I've read of him, it sounds like he's just a, a worse version of 2017 Case Keenum. Uh, oh, my. Confident game manager who the the the, uh, the more that you put on his plate, the, the, the more the returns diminish. Uh, I don't think Zimmer likes – explosive offenses. I don't think he likes any sort of risk. I think he wants to dink and dunk, control the clock, yep. win, you know, win six to three, drive his brand new 1963, you know, Studema Studebaker home and, uh, you know, turn on Dick Van Dyke. Like he, he's just not uh, the type of head coach. I think that is, congruent with the new era of the NFL or the players on his offense. You know, if, if Justin Jefferson was mad that Cousins couldn't break how reality works, run to his left when the pocket broke down and then instantly throw it while almost getting crushed by a uh, nose tackle, how is he going to feel when Kellen Mond is – basically tucking the ball in and picking up two yards every single play. Like, do you think, do you think that's going to be fun for anybody? Well, it's fine, it's fine that he like, he prefers that style of game. The problem is when you get behind early on or you have no way of coming back when that's your offense. Yeah. And so you put yourself in a hole really early if, if you don't have that ability to come back. Say there's a fumble early on or, you know, just – a, a broken play and there's a touchdown and all of a sudden then you're down 14 points. They, you have to have an offense that can overcome those things. And it doesn't seem like he wants to have one that it, that is even capable. And you have like the, like the Tampa game last year, you know, he wants 
these really long, methodical drives, but you have to score a touchdown on every drive. Otherwise, you can have a split of 80-20 uh, time of possession on the clock, but if you kick field goals and in, in that game miss those field goals, you can end up getting smoked even though the other team only had the ball for 20% of the time. Joe, I don't, I don't want to put words in Sally's mouth, but I think she likes Kellen Mond. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I like controversy. I like that we're going to have something to talk about for the next year every single week. That away, there you go. It's going to be. It's been, it's been too calm the last couple years. You know, I need a, a quarterback carousel potentially happening at any point <laughs> in my life to feel content and feel like the world is is okay when it's when there's not that option because it's a sean Mannion or something it's just not as exciting and, doesn't and feel, doesn't i, I feel. really make points actually i never do because that would be kind of disingenuous and gross but i never like bring up topics that i want to write about because i know the controversy will be good for the financial side of the company but you saying that just it just occurred to me this second that the Mond cousins thing is going to make us all a tremendous amount of money. And that's, I'm gonna go, <laughs> that's 63 Studebakers. Oof. And and not in a clickbait way. Like I touched on earlier, it it won't have to be just no, my, like, mine's going to be clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> Did Kellen well, Mond murder man is somebody? Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, no, it doesn't, but you're right. It doesn't need to be clickbait. It, it, it's, it's it's red meat. It's what we're you know. It's what Joe, we're used to. Every, every new week starts with Monday. There's your first headline. Uh, you know what? I'm so, I would literally get a Mon jersey just to like annoy people, um, just for people to like chalk shit to me and like walking into U.S. Bank Stadium and tell me how dumb I am and stuff. But it's such an ugly name in the Vikings font that I don't think I could do it. You know what's it weird? so bad. And I don't know if it's because I, right. maybe I've heard this from you a couple times recently, Sally, but in the last, like, two weeks, before the last two weeks, I hadn't heard anything like this, but in the last two weeks, I've heard more people complaining about the Vikings' jerseys, the fonts. They, I, I didn't know people hated them so much. It's the best jersey in general that they've probably ever had. Um, but just his name with the font, it, yeah. the D yeah. looks like an O. I mean, yeah. let's be real. It's not a super, like, attractive last name in the first place. I don't – but uh, in a different font, it wouldn't look like mono. And it's also so short. It's only four letters. So, yep. he, I don't know. It just he kind really of plays like right. he has mono, you know? Oh, my gosh. Let's Let's – Wait and see. Yeah, not... so Scott, this this carousel doesn't start until uh, twenty twenty two though. I mean, there's no way. Well, if they start off super bad, I mean, if Cousins starts out not being good, it's gonna start early. You know how these fans are. It's it's gonna it's start if there is three. If they're zero and three in the first three games, and Cousins has anything to do with it, they're gonna just. I mean, look, they were zero and six this year, or wait, one and six, and one people threw five. in the towel then. So it's very possible that they could have the chance in October. Yeah, and even if it, they went 0-3 and, and Cousins had like 141 passer rating, 16 touchdowns, three interceptions, or zero interceptions, people would blame him. So it, it's always going to come down to him. But somehow it's never Zimmer's fault, which I, I think is, is 
Very interesting. We love our mediocrity here in Minnesota, and that's the, the, the best way to end the show because that actually used to be the tagline. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I wanted to thank uh, Sally for coming on the show, for tethering her brand to ours. I'm sure she's uh, second-guessing that as we speak. Uh, <laughs> let people know uh, where they can find you on the old Twitter uh, yeah, at Sal Spice, one word, um, Twitter, Instagram, other so- places that I won't mention. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find Joe at Joe Oberly, and you can find me uh, at VTPTSD. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully with another amazing guest uh, and a last-minute agenda. Uh, but... <laughs> Thank you, everybody in Detroit Lakes and Fargo for checking the show out. Uh, got some good feedback from the station recently, so that, that's always cool. Uh, and you can always find us on you know, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Just basically go to Google and, and, and uh, type things in, especially if you're in Costa Rica where me and Joe are celebrities. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how, but we, last week we heard we were the number one sports show in Costa Rica, so... Wow! Yeah, yeah, we got that going for us. So. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's just we're about. That's a bragging right. You should advertise that more. I don't want to because that's where my offshore offshore banking is. So, oh, my. oh yeah. boy, are we rec- are we recording? Oh, anyway, but uh, th- thanks again, everybody, for uh, tuning in. We'll be back next week. This has been the Vikings Territory Breakdown for the ninth of uh, June, twenty twenty one. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck or SUV and less repair bills plus free oil changes, free tire rotations and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV and less repair bills plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.